All right, we're gonna we're just gonna try this a different way. I don't know what's going on with the sound here and why everything didn't pipe through there. It immediately after we <laughs> started everything up, uh, everything went to my speakers on my computer. So I'll sort that out later. It wouldn't change for me. I apologize for that. But welcome to the Sons of Liberty. Uh, I'm your host Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. Sorry, I'm a little off here uh, with that, trying to get it going. But, boy, that's a really odd thing to happen this morning. But uh, it is what it is. We'll make it work. Uh, glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday. Hope you had time to be with the people of God and to read and hear and now get ready to obey the Word of God. And if you want to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. Uh, in fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to head over to the, or if you want to check us out on the line and you want to watch the uh, the video portion of the radio show, uh, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and there you'll see two videos on the top. Bradley from Saturday, that's two hours worth of Bradley Dean. If you want to see him, uh, you can click on that. And that'll be ready to go up until 3 o'clock, at which time he goes live. And then the right side is the show this morning. And all you got to do is hit play, blow it up on whatever device you've got. And then while you're there, there's a little Rumble icon that will show up. Just click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble if you want to do that. You can see us on Rumble. We're streaming live there at Sons of Liberty Radio Live uh, on Rumble. We're also on our Telegram channel. It's streaming live there. Uh, Beforeitsnews.com, top of the page, dlive.tv at The Sons of Liberty, Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, and if you've got a Roku device, we're on there at Cutting Edge TV, so you can check us out on all of those. And then right below that is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Remember, we don't uh, rent your email, sell it, or spam it. One email a day, that's all the articles that uh, Bradley and I put out along with our contributors, uh, of whom we're thankful uh, that they contribute to the Sons of Liberty. And then finally, if you'd like to help support us, there's a donate button at the top of the page of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. Click on that, and uh, you can set that up. And then our store is also available. This week, we're highlighting our necessity t-shirts. They come in black and blue. They're small through, I think it's triple X. So you can get them in black or blue. And uh, they have the Sort of done like like an American flag kind of set here. Uh, the quote by William Pitt the Younger, Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. This week, uh, normally these are for a donation of $20. This week you can get 15% off when you use the promo code NECESSITY. It's pretty easy, right? <laughs> Make it real simple uh, in the store. So you can get that through Saturday night at midnight if you want to do it. Now, a couple of headlines here out of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and we'll jump right in our topic. In fact, be, I guess because I'm cutting off the, the first part, um, it makes for a little bit more time that we have this morning, so that's good. Uh, dozens arrested for child sex crimes as Disney employees protest the law that protects kids. See, they don't even need the Ron DeSantis law. What they're promoting is unlawful. Uh, the idea of sodomy used to be a capital crime. It still may be on the books in Florida. I don't know. Uh, but it definitely was in South Carolina. Uh, and that comes straight out of the Bible. But The people pointed the, to the Bible for the law and for the punishment. And it's interesting because I got this video yesterday. This is out of California. These are parents. You probably didn't see this in the mainstream media, and I can't play any sound because I don't know what happened with that. But uh, these are parents out here at Disneyland. 
Is it Disneyland in Clark, California? Disney World? I don't know. One of those places. One of them's labeled that, and the other one's labeled the other. I think it's Disneyland. Anyway, uh, so you see some of the parents who are out there uh, protesting what Disney is promoting, and their their stocks are tanking. I'm telling you right now, if you go to that place, you're supporting your the very enemies who are against you. I mean, that's what you're doing with it. Um, so anyway, sonsoflibertymedia.com, another one, teacher facing charges of 29 counts of sex crimes against minors. And this is a woman teacher. This is not a man. This is a woman. Um, a story is every day of this kind of stuff going on. Why parents will send their kids into the belly of the beast to be indoctrinated by their enemies uh, is beyond me. But. People do it, and we call them to repent of that because God has told us that we're to educate, we're to teach our kids, first and foremost, His commands. Uh, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Five North Carolina cops restrain and assault a man, having seizure until he dies. Only one charged is the nurse who tried to save him. Now you tell me how backwards that is. huh? How upside down are we in these kinds of things? SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Horrifying, not a Democrat bill, guys. These are the alleged good guys, right? Horrifying GOP bill opens the door for child rape by scrapping minimum age for marriage. Now, I got my own thoughts about how some of that stuff should work, largely in the family. Dad is the one who gives their daughters away. And um, if dad has matured their daughters and they feel like they've got a good godly man to give them to, then if they're 15, 16 years old, whatever the case may be there, um, I don't believe in prepubescent kind of stuff like that, but I believe our bodies have been designed by God to move into that realm, And if, but Dad's the one that makes the decisions, and we've got along, you know, away from those kinds of things where they're determining, now the state wants to do everything uh, here, but these guys are definitely opening it up for uh, something else, which uh, our enemies are doing as well. Also, depopulation from Rockefeller to Kissinger and to Klaus, Klaus Schwab. Check that out at sonslibertymedia.com. And then finally, the U.S. ruling class does not want to contain coming food crisis. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, they're going to contain it for themselves uh, so that they don't have to endure these kinds of things. But, uh, but that is the case. Uh, now, this morning, I told you I was a little excited. Well, not a little. I'm a lot because this has been on my heart for a while. Um, about doing some shows like this. And uh, I have my friend David Pruitt coming on from Pruitt's Tree Resin. In fact, um, I'm going to bring this up just a second, show you guys their website. Now, we've promoted uh, David and their products out there, um, the humic and fulvic acid, fulvic acid that um, Kate had mentioned on the show. And David's got a great deal uh, when you guys go over there and use the promo code Sons of Liberty, all one word, uh, you'll save some money on that. They've got tree resin products. Um, I'll let him tell you a little bit about that as we go through the show and such, but just want to make you aware of that. But David Pruitt's joining us live from Missouri, and uh, he's up. He's, a, he's an early bird uh, like I am, so he, he said to, coming on like this wouldn't be a problem. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, David Pruitt. Good morning, man. Good morning, brother. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Now, now I, I pitched you out. I said, this guy, he's about half my age, but he's a very wise young man. I mean, and I'm not talking about just up here. He goes out and does the stuff. He's going to be showing some of that through the shows that we're going to do this week. And we're going to do all week except for Wednesday and Saturday, Lord willing. And if we go on, we'll, we'll continue on that. But uh, we've already got Johnny set up again, Johnny Cerucci. Uh, for uh, hopefully Monday and maybe Tuesday of next week, and we may pick up some things later. 
But we're going to be talking about some of these these things like um, what we need to do to prepare to be more self-sufficient. Uh, I use the term apocalypse. You know, that's what Revelation, the the term, the word that's used there, the unveiling, uh, which a lot of people just go, what is the end of the world? Well, it's not really that. Uh, but what we're facing is some food crises. Uh, we're seeing that, some breakdown in the supply chain. Uh, you know, what happens when you get cities that get overrun with uh, civil unrest and kinds of things of this nature. And so this morning we, we talked about it, Dave. We said, well, let's deal with the mindset first before we deal with any of the practical things of you know, gardening and hunting and tactical stuff like that, and we'll probably mix some of this in. We're going to talk about a mindset that's there. So, David, you want to give a little introduction to yourself uh, and some of these things uh, of what you're doing, and then let's start in on that of what kind of mindset does the person have, and specifically, does the Bible talk about doing any of this stuff? I think it does. So, uh, first off, I'm just, you know, um, grew up you know, growing a lot of our own food. We grew up like canning, um, picking stuff out of the garden, you know, going through, cutting out bad spots and produce and that, that kind of thing. Um, I grew up with a great grandmother who survived the great depression in the house with me. So I learned a lot of things that I didn't appreciate at the time. And it's amazing how, you know, hindsight is 2020. Um, Amen. Growing Huge amount of food in a little tiny garden. I, you just can't imagine how much food you can grow out of a small space when you put your mind to it. Um, you know, we had rabbits at one point. We had chickens. Um, we just, we, we would go out, you know, gathering fish, that kind of stuff. Um, so we were really blessed in, in that aspect. And then her, um, her mother, my great grandmother's mother was actually a trapper by trade. Um, so I learned a lot of really cool things. Um, she was a seamstress. So I learned how to sew. Um, then I, I was able to apply that to other things later, uh, in life. And, you know, at the time when you're young, um, it doesn't look, it's not so cool doing sewing and, and, uh, you know, go in and, uh, learning how to pick things at their optimum ripeness and all that. It, it wasn't interesting because no one I knew was into that, you know, when you're a young man, but I, I grew up around these kind of people. And I, you know, looking back, I, I really think I've just been blessed, truly blessed because I've been able to learn a lot of different skills from a lot of amazing people. And I, I think that just shows the favor of our father. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and your dad, too, because your dad's very much uh, involved in those kinds of things, too. So I'm sure he learned them from 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 your grandma, who's his mom. Um, so all those things are really good. And you've sent me some pictures. You know, we've been friends for several years. You sent me some pictures of just some of the stuff you turn out. And uh, I know we're going to see some of that through the week. But, um, you know, the Bible talks about the prudent man sees the danger coming and he prepares for it. And I think that we've been seeing that coming in our in the United States for quite some time. Uh, you're not so bothered by it, but you do want to help people get ready for that. And I know when I mentioned this to you, you were very excited about that. Yeah. Hey, we could, we have an opportunity to help a lot of people uh, with the information. And um, <laughs> Bethany is talking about um, chickens and such. And so one of the issue is, yeah, you know, we started with chickens. And, of course, my wife has really the green thumb in the family. I got like a black one. Whatever I plant, it 
tends to not want to come up. So I've been taking some tips oh, from David for that too. I will help you with that. Yep, God's yep. way burden is light. You know, his it's it's easy, man. Yeah. Once once you mindset stuff down. But you know, the first thing in mindset that I think we need to cover before we even get into any any of the other um things is we need to talk about people getting their spiritual health in line because without our spiritual health being in line when you think about it then there's always this doubt there's always this fear this you know people say it's just getting your ducks in a row um i i would say that that's the first thing that we have to do is getting our spiritual health in line and then the second thing that's just as important as that in my estimation, is establishing moral absolutes. Amen. Because if you can't establish moral absolutes, then everything's relative. And if everything's relative, then, you know, you're using a rubber ruler. You just can't get anywhere with that. And without moral absolutes, how can you be a strong leader? How can you help other people? How can you be a role model? And I think that that's the the problem is, you know, soft times or um, easy times make for soft men or whatever, however the quote goes. Um, And I think that we're, we're seeing, we're, we're seeing a lot of that repercussion nowadays is the, these moral relativism. Um, And when we have moral relativism and there are no moral absolutes, then it's men justify whatever they want in their own eyes. And I, I think that we're seeing that more and more. We're seeing it in all different levels of culture. We're seeing, you know, you, you look at Walt Disney. Walt Disney was was part of the cultural influence from my generation, yep. from your generation. Yep. You know, and we, we see a lot of those negative re, um, repercussions now that are coming up from 60, 70, 80 years ago that, that were seeds that were started then that we're now seeing the fruit come to bear. and. Uh, so that's that's uh, the second tenet. And then I think the third thing that we really have to talk about is that you, you need to be a strong um, leader and role model. And you can't do that without being spiritually squared away because we were not given a spirit of fear. And I think that that is something that we really have to be able to um, – because without us having a strong relationship with our Heavenly Father – how can we then go on and uh, how without a strong relationship with our father, how can we then go on and have strong relationships with anyone else? Like real relationships. Yeah, of course. You, you see what I'm saying? And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't talk about in, in preparedness. They don't talk about that in survival or preparedness. And I think that we, you know, Noah did not build the ark the day it started raining. He was warned of the times to come and he was given a job to do by the father. And I think that our heavenly father has warned us of the times to come because he loves us and he wants us to prepare. And we live in a time that the standard of living is so high that the poor here in America live better than most people could ever dream of. You know, they got color television they got running water one running clean water mind you you know um all the food they can eat there's a huge number of benefits here in america and i think that people because of how um 
how luxurious our lives have become. I think that people forget how hard it is living off the land. Yeah, I, well, forget, I think so. Yeah. They, they, they forget the hard lessons that our forefathers learned. And I think that that's why we need to be strong leaders and role models is because there are a lot of people nowadays who are, um, you know, we are, I think that you've seen, I think we're all seeing it, that we're seeing that a lot of people that we never thought would come to the faith are coming to the faith now. And because they're coming to the faith, those of us who have been doing this for a while, those of us who have um, learned things, we all have to help educate one another because if we all do a random act of kindness every day in taking time out of our day to teach someone something that they wouldn't otherwise have learned, then we can actually move forward and build community. And I know that that's, that's going to be a topic for later on in the week. Yep. Um, but we, we need to touch on that today, that that's part of the mindset is that you can survive on your own with a knife in the woods. One in a million can do that, okay? Does it make it enjoyable? Probably not. Um, and, and I think that we do everything in our power because we love people. That's why we do what we do is we love people, you know, we love our neighbors, we love ourselves. And we love them so much that we prepare because we know that the times that are ahead are going to be challenging. I mean, um, you know, the Biden administration has already come out and talked about these food shortages. When was the last time you heard the White House talk about food shortages here in America? Right. You know, um, go look at Black Hawk Down and that whole situation came out of food shortages. That whole situation came out of food shortages. So imagine something like that happening in a first world nation. Yeah, I mean, especially when especially when the people have been like what you said, I you know, I call it fat, dumb and happy. They've had they've had everything just at their fingertips. And I've been mentioned that I've seen videos where they would interview these ladies at the supermarket like in New York City. And they and the people had no idea where the food came from. They just said, well, it, they said, do you know where it comes from? They said, well, it comes from the grocery store. Yeah, but how does it get here on a truck? And yeah, but where is it coming from? And they had no idea that farmers had to go out and plant that stuff and they had to harvest it. You got to you know clean it up and everything and bag it or whatever you got to do to get it there. They had no concept that that was going on. And can you imagine millions of those people all of a sudden without any food in the shelf on the shelf that they can purchase and they don't know how to plant stuff in their apartment or their house or you know, they got a community garden or any of this stuff. And, and the community thing is a big deal. I think both of us see that, uh, that we would rather be together in those kind of times rather than apart uh, because everybody has different giftedness, different skills and other things that they can bring to the table, which makes it so much easier. And, and that's what I've been saying to me. That's what the, that's what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be that body that has, you know, different parts that are doing different things for the benefit of the body, for the glory of God. So let's get into that. You talked about the spiritual issue that, that needs to be dealt with first. Let's talk about that one first. Okay, so I think that the biggest, the biggest thing is that without strong faith, you can't live without fear. The absence of fear. Now, there's a difference between fear and being aware of what you're dealing with. You know, you got to be aware of your adversary. If there's 10,000 opponents over there, 
you can't just sit there with your fingers in your ears humming and a singing and think that it's all okay you need to be aware that there are enemies over there but you can you can do that with faith and you see i think that the problem is is that um strong men um you know well not just strong men strong men and women these days are a rare rare commodity and without a strong spiritual connection with our heavenly father i don't think that you you can you can't you can't bring peace in the storm you just can't on your own you can't without a strong connection with the father um and i think that that's very important because when you have if one man if one man can stand before goliath with just a sling and a stone what more can a thousand men of faith do you see and i i think that we forget how many you see god only deals in miracles and miracles the best way i've heard of a miracle being um, explained to me was that miracles are the realization that we um, cannot do whatever is happening. So like, look at the walls of Jericho. Look at David and Goliath. Look at Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? These are Daniel and the lion's den. You know, we look at all these different miracles, Lazarus. Um. You know, we, we look at all these different miracles and things like that that happen. God always wins with the minority to show the incredible power of his ways. Yep. Amen. And I, I think that we, I think that, I think that there are a lot of strong people out there who are of faith, who have been thinking about things like this and that we have to encourage one another and we're supposed to fellowship and encourage one another and try to help one another grow. And that's what this is about. This is about a a free exchange of ideas and and trying to educate one another. I don't know everything. You don't know everything, but you know, we all have something to offer. We all have something to bring to the table. And I think that that's, you know, like, like we read about in the word, we read about like, you know, the church is his people. It's not a physical building. It's his people. And some are the hands, some are the feet, some are the, you know, we all have different parts to be doing. And when the, when the church is strong, when his people are strong, there is peace and prosperity. When his people are not strong and don't live in faith and allow this moral relativism to creep into the church and all these sacred cows and things like that, then we see that prosperous times are not around, that there is no that there is no peace within the church because it's not his church. When, when we don't, when we don't live according to that word, when we are not living the way you see, we're supposed to be enjoying the creation. We're supposed to be growing our own food. We're supposed to be drinking out of our own well, right? We're supposed to be doing all of these things because everything about God is empowering to the individual. It's about empowering and unenslaving, look at the wages of sin are death, right? So Christ comes, pays the price, gives us a free gift. The free gift of salvation was given to us, even though we're completely unworthy. That's love. Oh, and absolutely. I would say, 
And a demonstration of it, by the way, not not just saying I love you, man, but it's it's a demonstration of it. Yeah, because love love is proved, right? It's not just said; it's proved. And uh, yeah, I, I just sorry. That's very that's okay. profound. That's okay. Well, I think yeah, I think that I think the bottom line is that people need to have their house in order. This is part of our message here. Is uh, is is that we repent where we need to do that, where God has put His finger on us. And uh, we're doing that daily. I was having a conversation with my son about that even last night, you know, in dealing with, you know, siblings sometimes. Sometimes siblings are, are fussing and fighting with it. And you go, somebody's got ha- somebody's to be the bigger person, so to speak, to come up and say, you know what? I don't know what's going on between us. Can we talk about this? Can we straighten this out? Can we, can we reconcile with one another over what went on? And that's that's a big deal. A lot of people don't have that ability to to do. They just they would rather say, "Nope, they done me wrong," and fooey on them, you know. But but Jesus says, even when you know that maybe you think you've offended your brother, not just that they, but you you're to leave your gift at the altar. Don't come worship God. Go deal with your brother first, and make things right with them, and then come and give your gift uh, unto the Lord. And so. Uh, that's a that's a big thing reconciling with God reconciling with man and doing that through uh, the Son the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you see and I think that I think that that's why the spiritual health is something that no one really talks about is getting yourself spiritually ready, um, you know, spiritually strong because you know uh, we know that working out allows us to improve our strength and conditioning, right? We, we know this. So why would you not also work yourself out spiritually? Why would you not strengthen yourself spiritually for rough times? Why would you not do this? And I, I think that's something that a lot of people have not have failed to, to talk about in preparedness and survival and all that. And uh, I, I think that that's why, excuse me, um, I think that that's why it's the first thing that I wanted to cover today, because without that spiritual health, how are you going to, how are you going to deal with hard, hard times? You know, we've, we've seen Americans, this generation, the, the current generations that are alive have not seen hard times. You know, you talk to guys uh, who have been overseas in the military and stuff during GWAT, the global war on terror. Um, they don't really have a realistic uh, idea of what it's going to be like, I don't think, because there is what, what supply uh, infrastructure are you going to have? We, no one knows. We know that there's going to be famines. We, we know it because they're all, everyone's talking about it. This is not like, this is not, you know, doomsday talk this is really what's going on They're They're talking about genuine food shortages. And then you have to ask yourself, well, if there's food shortages, what are all the truckers who, who do all the logistics and stuff? What are they going to eat? What are the people going to eat that aren't necessarily at the top of the food chain? And then what happens is when you start having rioting, things like that, could you imagine if every city, every major city in America had rioting at the same time because of food shortages. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people is not going to be prepared for that. Now let's let's bring something in, and and I know you know you were talking about 
<clears throat> we can be we can be people who trust the Lord, or we can be people who are in fear because we don't. Uh, and I don't think it's necessarily trust, but it's the it's the issue of love. We don't love Him enough. Um, and so when we go over to the words of Jesus, and I'm thinking of these out of Matthew chapter six. What does He say? I mean, He tells us not to worry about these things. So we're not to be worry warts, but we are to be those like what you said. We look to the rise and we see what's coming, and we're we're preparing for that. So he says this, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which to this day is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? And all these things should be added unto you. Well, who's adding them? It's obviously God, but there is a there's a part there's a place on the part of man in which he's to seek God. He's to seek the righteousness that God provides, which is in Christ. And then God provides those things. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And so I think this is what you're saying. You're saying there's a difference in cowering fear, you know, wringing our hands, wondering what we're going to do. And being those people who say, okay, there is, there is a way i got to do things, and the first place I'm going to start with is I'm going to seek the Lord first. I'm going to be in His Word. I'm going to uh, talk to the Father. And by the way, that's, a, that's an important thing, guys. I think I mentioned this the other day. You know, people have you praying in all different kinds of ways, and we were talking about the Roman Catholic Church praying to saints and Mary. Not, no, no, no. The Bible said, Jesus said, when he says you pray in this manner, he said, our Father in heaven. And Jesus is the mediator between. So we're, we're going to the Father in the name of Jesus because he's our mediator. He's our high priest. And so with that said, I think that's a, that's a good start. What's the next step in that? Um, once we establish those kinds of things, our relationship with God, our relationship with man, what's the next step uh, that we've got in this mindset? So the next step in the mindset, in my estimation, is the reason... And, and this is something so simple that, you know, I, I read Proverbs about six, maybe five, six years ago. I was reading Proverbs and something struck out to me. And uh, it's that the beginning of knowledge starts with our the, relationship. Yep. With the the okay? fear of the Lord. So, yep. Exactly. So we need wisdom and discernment. And wisdom and knowledge are two different things. You can know how to pick your nose, but not have the discernment to know when and where to do it. Okay. <laughs> yes. And uh, my my nephew loves that one. But we we need that wisdom and discernment from our father to be able to prioritize, to be able to move forward, to be able to grow. You see, because we we are very stupid. <laughs> People are not that smart. Amen. Know? When, when you look at the world, everyone has a microscopic view of the world instead of a macroscopic because we can't see how everything ties together. See, only our Heavenly Father sees the macroscopic view of everything and how it ties together and not only how it ties together, but how everything intersects. Does that make sense? Yep. And we need that wisdom and discernment from him to be able to prepare for the times ahead because we all only have so many resources. We all, um, you know, we're, some people are just in positions where you have to do the best you can with the resources you have. And uh, 
the thing is, is that what I found is that he who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. And the more you do improve your loyalty to the father, the more he entrusts to you. And we need that wisdom and discernment because all the books on earth, all the books cannot compete with God because nothing has ever occurred to God. He is beyond and greater than his creation. He's outside mm, of it. The, that's right. The, the, the man who invented the computer is greater than and outside of his creation. The computer cannot even comprehend his ways and works. Okay. And that's a very poor comparison. I think it's actually a good example. It's the best one I can come up with. So then the next part in this, uh, in, in my ideas on mindset is that we need to have, um, you know, this adapt, improvise and overcome, you know, we will overcome period. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't, um, I, I don't think that they, they count the costs. They don't, uh, they don't pray about these things. They don't realize, Hey, you know, because I have moral absolutes, um, is this not only worth dying for, but is X, Y, Z worth living for? I think that that's an even more important thing than what's worth dying for. And I think that that's something that very few people have had that discussion about. So that that would be the, the next thing on, on mindset is having that adapt and improvise and overcome that mindset to just that, hey, you know what? Even if I don't have an answer right now, I will figure out a way to overcome this this problem, this uh, this bump in the road, whatever it may be. And we we have to have that mindset and constantly be uh, finding solutions to the problems that that are presented to us. Yeah, we've got enough people telling us about the problems, don't we? We need we need solutions to those problems. And sadly, what I've seen America fall into is we we go back to the solutions that weren't working. The, the alleged solutions that weren't working, and we keep doing them over and over, thinking we're going to have a different outcome, and we're just not going to have that. We're going to we're going to have to have new solutions to the problems we haven't yet solved, and uh, a lot a lot of those that we see at least here uh, stem from uh, obviously a spiritual mindset that we've we've been laxed in that, and then we're trying to fix political problems with more politics instead of spiritual solutions which God has given us. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the other thing is, you know, what I found is when, when sometimes we tend to overcomplicate the problem and the solution, and many times the answer to your problem is the problem itself. Um, so, like, you know, we talk about per, in permaculture, that's a huge mindset is that many times the answer to your problem is the problem itself. You know, if you've got a pest problem, then you need a predator problem because then you won't have a pest problem anymore. Um, and I think that that is something that so few people uh, grasp is that, you know, God designed everything perfectly. We came along and screwed it up. Yep. And without that mindset, without realizing that we are fallen and that only in um, only in the renewing of our mind can we be, um, can we even be useful? You see, and, and that's the thing is, you know, that's the other part of mindset is if you're lucky, you get a hundred years on this. Um, uh, 
If you're lucky, you this get dirt ball day off the earth. <laughs> yep. If you're lucky, what is a hundred years in the eyes of eternity? Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it's 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 a speck of sand on the beach. It's absolutely nothing. And I think that that's the other thing that Christians have forgotten is like all these social welfare pro- programs, all kinds of different things that we have in the world that people complain about. We wouldn't need these if the church was doing what it's supposed that's to do. That's right. Amen. If the church serving the community, if the church, if his people were called according to his word and were to live by it, we wouldn't have the problems we have in America today. And I think that that, is, I, that really is the issue because it's, it, it's a mindset issue because once you get in the proper mindset, there are no issues. Just solutions. Amen. And I think we've talked about quite a bit before is that it's all quite simple once we once we get over our own preconceived ideas. So the next the next part is we want to make goals, but we also have to realize that in those goals, we have to do the best we can with what we've got. Okay. And I tell people to pray about it best thing you can do is pray about things because if you can if you can pray about it and start making goals and start meeting those goals once you've met two or three goals it is so much easier to make a hundred goals happen it's so much easier to to chip away and get things accomplished once we have a few goals accomplished so what i'd like to actually show some people and i'm very sorry we had a uh, we had a computer crash this morning um or i would be sharing this on the screen but so i've i've got this target here um and the reason we want to talk about this is this is the target for mindset that i'm going to use for you today and at the center is three days, one week is the next ring out, one month is the next ring out, one year, and then permanent. Um, there are, we could add more um, rings to the circle. We can do all that, but this is just to start you thinking about goals. And when we talk about goals, we need to have three-day goals. We need to have one-week goals, one month, one year, two years. However, you're going to set it up, but you need to have goals so you can start checking things off. Okay. And what I found for me is that having multiple whiteboards and what I'll do is I, you know, keep dry erase markers with each one and uh, towels and cleaning supplies. And I will set up, uh, you know, like I've got one on the fridge for stuff I've got to get done today. Okay or it's in the next day or two. It has to get done very soon. Then I've got another one for my one-week goals. Then I've got another one for my month-long goals. And then I've got another um, whiteboard. Well, I've got another big uh, poster board thing that I've got my long-term goals on that I don't really have a timeline for, but they're things that we are currently working on. And as you can start checking things off on that, the mindset actually improves because when you're able to get more done and your friends, um, you know, know you as someone who gets 
a huge amount of things accomplished in a week, it's going to make it so much easier for you to accomplish even more goals. So yeah, and, that, that, and let's let's say something about the goals. People who are who are who who haven't been doing this, what they need to do is they need to start off with small goals, achievable goals that one encourage them when they get it done, and then that allows them to set a little bit higher goals. So this is not something they can just come in and say, "Well, I want to make you know I want to set this garden up in a week." And but they have no idea of what they're doing with it, and so that it's going to take them time to research and and do some things and find you know the right stuff that they're going to put in the soil and where they're going to plant stuff and this that and the other. So we want them to have small goals first, and then make a step. I think that's what you were saying to me and faithful in a little, and then moving up to something bigger. Is that right? Yes, exactly. And and that's that's part of the reason I shared that target is because you know we could even put one day goals, but like think about this is. Like you can't start before you can get a year's worth of food. You must have a few days worth of food. So yeah. these are just building blocks. Basically think of like, you know, a journey begins with a single step. Um, you know, you got to start, you got to, if you're framing in a house, you've got to start with a few studs. You got to get a, a couple of studs started before you can move any further than that. If you're laying bricks, you, you've got to start with one brick. There has to be a starting point. And that's where these small goals, when things are broken down into small achievable goals, they're much easier to overcome. And then the next thing as far as mindset is getting, because um, I, I would like to get the, uh, the concepts of systems and the training versus practice stuff done today too. Um, so I've got some, I, I've got a balance. It's a balancing act when we talk about preparedness and you will know, um, you know, you can pray for wisdom and discernment in these things. Um, so here's another one from back when I used to teach a little bit. So we've got food, shelter, fire, health, safety, training, practice, water, defense, and security. Okay. Now we're going to cover the training and versus practice today, but this, this has to do with basically balancing this circle. The reason it's in a circle is because what we're trying to do is trying to balance all of these things. So, you know, food without water isn't going to do you any good because if you have no good, clean drinking water, what's all the food in the world mean? Okay. What's all the food and water on earth mean if you have no defense or security plan? What's all the food and water on earth mean if you don't have good shelter? What's all that mean if you, and when I, I have fire on here, um, fire is on here. This actually, you could call it uh, fire or energy, um, energy needs. Um, so, you know, your health is on there because you got to take good care of yourself. That includes like, you know, working out, um, getting things accomplished, being able to, um, you know, body in motion tends to stay in motion. Safety. When we're talking about safety, that's, that has to come down to like personal protective equipment. Just think about on an everyday, um, you know, if you, if you were to start doing hard labor tomorrow, how much safety equipment do you have to do hard labor? If you had to go and use a, a scythe 
to go cut all of your uh, all of your hay fields and everything. What emergency medical gear do you have? Yeah. You know, um, you got to think about that. And we're going to actually cover some of that um, on the medical supplies and training. I've got some really great things I'd like to cover on that. Um, now, when it comes to uh, uh, training and practice, training and practice are two different things. We're going to talk about those um, in a minute. But, um, you know, water, defense and security and food, these all, all of these things need to be equally important. And that's why this target is so important because you need all of these things for three days, for one week, for, and then the goal is to eventually get to a, a, uh, a semi self-reliant because total self-reliance, I don't think is realistic for most people because most people, um, I don't think they have the, um, I think that they want to take on too much at all at once and it's just overwhelming to them. And then what happens is they become discouraged and then they give up. Well, is and, it, would, would what you see with mo- with many people is they're either all in or they're not. They're just, oh, it's too much for me to even start. I'm just going to just wait on somebody else. Somebody else will handle it. Or the other one is try to jump in with both feet and sink. <laughs> so we're, yeah. we're moving into a thing where we're, we're being – uh, to use the word properly, progressing towards uh, what we want as our goal, right? Uh, of this of yeah. being self-reliant. Yeah, and and the thing is, is self-reliance is also you know you you want to be as self-reliant as you possibly can be, but you still want to be building community and be building relationships, be a positive role model. Um, you want to do all those things, and the best thing you can do is forward motion. You know, the question, like people want to compare themselves to other individuals. It really doesn't matter what your neighbor is doing. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, you know, this, this is a great question in, in the church is like, you ask people like, well, what are you doing to build the kingdom? Like, if you're asking me all these questions, what are you doing? And I think that that's a, uh, I think that that's definitely a uh, topic that we, we can cover more later. I, I want to move on to the training versus practice. Okay. If that's a, yeah. I just, I, I want to keep teaching as much as I can while I've got people here. Um, so training versus practice, training and practice are two very different things. Training is something that you get from someone who has experience, whether that be from books, videos, um, tutorials, um, you know, correspondence, learning classes, um, whether it be in person or online. However, you, you get it, you gain it from someone who has more knowledge than you do in the subject matter. Okay. And eat the meat, spit out the bones. When it comes to training, the best thing I can tell you is wisdom and discernment. Pray about it. Let our heavenly father lead you. He will not lead you astray. Um, Eat the meat, spit out the bones. You don't have to agree with everyone, but a lot of people can teach you a lot of things. I carry a notebook with me everywhere I go because it is, you can't believe the amount of times I've had, um, whether it be products people have told me about or, um, uh, you know, websites, phone numbers, all kinds of resources over the years that have, I have, I could not have remembered all the stuff. 
but being able to have a notebook and being able to write that down is amazing. So training is a great thing and being able to network and get more training and get that discernment. We're going to share a ton of resources on a number of these different, um, the gardening livestock. I've got a ton of resources for that, that it's going to blow a lot of people's minds, but we in training and practice. So practice is something that you go and do on your own. So I tell people go and get you, you can't go out and get all kinds of training. You can't go out and get uh, 10,000 classes all at once because you're going to overwhelm yourself. What you do is you get training in a subject matter. Then you go and you practice it. Let's say it's firearms, just for the sake of argument. Um, so you go and you get that training, then gain complete mastery over the training that you received. And then after you've gained mastery in it, then you go and get more training. There's a lot of people who just go to training classes and they think that that makes them um, better than other people or whatever. And that's really not what happens because you need both training and practice. It can't just be one or the other. Okay. Now there's a huge amount of training that can happen via books, DVDs. You know, we live in an age where everything is at our fingertips so there really is no excuse about training these days because there's so many free resources. There's so many great opportunities for training these days. Um, and we need to have part of that. And I'm going to go back to mindset, but I use a lot of these little, uh, uh, I use a lot of these little phrases to try to instill in people the importance. So for tra- you need to remember that training trumps gear. You could have a $10,000 rifle setup, but if you could have all the night vision, everything on earth without the proper training, it means nothing. Zero zilch. Not yeah. You can be dead like, on the spot. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're just giving someone else some really cool equipment. Um, and that, I think that that's something that a lot of people don't, think about and they part of that mindset for training and practice is that there is a um there is a misconception about warfare that most people die from uh most people actually don't die on the battlefield they die from starvation or medical problems so you know you might survive getting clipped by a a gun by a bullet you know you might survive that but the secondary infection could kill you uh, because you didn't know how to deal with that. You didn't have any long-term um, medical uh, procedures in place. Yeah, well, we had okay. we had a guy, David, that told us, you know, I had uh, I had done some interviews with him, and he was a, a, a veteran, took some guys over to Kazakhstan, and was teaching the uh, Peshmerga over there, because that's how all their guys were dying. They didn't even know how to uh, apply a simple tourniquet to keep the guy from bleeding to death. And then if they, you know, if they did figure out how to stop the bleeding, it was the infection that was killing their people. And it was simple things that they, they learned that was just sort of every day for them. So it, it's a good thing. You're exactly right. If we're not thinking, thinking of all these scenarios that we can go through, then it's, it's going to cause us some problems. Yeah. And, and that's why I say that the balance, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll go get one, they'll get They'll get real strong on one of these, but they don't realize that it all works together. Wars are not won by uh, wars are not won 
the way people think they are. They're won by logistics. Supply chains are what win wars. So you got to have an you got to have a method of resupply, and that is growing your own food. That's you know possibly reloading, um, building community because you can't do. I don't care who you are. You can't do everything yourself. Um, I, I just haven't met anyone who's actually capable. You can have all the stuff to do it. But you're not going to be able to do it all yourself because you don't. There aren't enough hours in the day. There just aren't. This is why we want and, big. This is why we need big families, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, because then each member of the family has different um, uh, goals. You know, you could have someone who specializes in medical, um, or or a few people who specialize in medical, but everyone needs a certain level of basic medical training. You know, to stop bleeding, to be able to deal with. Um, you know, basic, just basic chainsaw wounds, things that happen. Um, and, you know, those who are in the country know what I'm talking about, that things happen when you're an hour away from a hospital. And that's when we have medical. <laughs> Imagine how much worse it's going to be when we, when the hospitals may only, you know, in a lot of third world nations, uh, they only turn on the AC and stuff when it gets over a certain temperature. They only do X, Y, Z, you know, during certain, when they have the resources, you know, yep, yep. Hey, we're out of so we're going to have to shove some sick, clean socks in that wound. You know? <laughs> yeah, David, we got about 20 seconds here. I want to give you a chance to pitch your website and uh, the products you've got there. So go ahead and do that. And then we'll pick up on the other side. People, you can follow us on beforeitsnews.com, sonsoflibertymedia.com and, and others. Go ahead, David. TheMiracleSab.com. Um, people can go there. And uh, they can check out our stuff. They can give us a call. Okay. Okay. All right. And uh, be sure to pick that up. Uh, you know, our families use some of the tree resin products and uh, just got the full uh, humic acid. And taking that, I'll let you know how it goes. And uh, we'll be right back with David in just a moment. Hang on. All right, that's I got the music working there. It was some, I don't know why that program wasn't even open and it picked up to go on speed. It was the weirdest thing. So uh, yeah, the, Dave and I were talking about spiritual warfare the other night, and uh, so that's a little bit of it, I guess. We uh, get messed up with there. Didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I know you want to finish up this other, so I want to give you the time to do that. And we're gonna we're probably gonna hold over every show because David's really got so much information. It's probably gonna take a lot more than than four shows. Um, some of the very practical things, but I I think this this start here is a good is a good start to get the mindset, get our minds thinking that this is bigger than just we got a chicken coop out back and we're getting some eggs here. <laughs> so, you know, we, we can we can only survive on on just eggs alone uh, for so long. But uh, but I I'm I'm really excited about all this. So David, you want to finish your thought that you were having on um, what we we're talking about before the end of the show there. Yeah, so um, the concepts of systems, I wanted to give an example, a really, really powerful example of what people don't think about, how all this stuff works together. So people go out and they buy an AR, right? They buy an AR, they think, oh, I'm good. I've got a magazine, I've got 30 rounds of ammo, I'm great. Well, but the problem is, is your fight will last so long as your ammo supply does, okay? A, so it's not just a rifle. A system is not just a rifle. That's just a piece of the system. A rifle has a sling because you sometimes you have to go hands-on, climb over stuff, you know, deal with stuff, whatever. Um, optics, flashlight, 
you know, a lot of these things that people don't think about because you can't hit what you can't see. And there's nothing worse than not being able to identify your target and maybe have to be shooting at something that you don't know if it's friend or foe. That's not good. We, We like to identify our targets. That's these um, these concepts, you also have to realize that it's not just the rifle and its system, but that is a smaller system that goes in with all of your other kit and caboodle and everything, okay? So that's something that a lot of people don't, I don't think that they comprehend how everything works together and everything is systems. Everything you carry on you every day is a system. Everything we do, all the tools you carry in your truck, that is a system. Everything is a system. Okay. So, so when when people are putting together, they they're going to get a a rifle or whatever. There's a lot of. I'm, I'm going to lay some hands on here to get my camera focused. There, they they've got to set they've got to set it up in a way. And I, I'm thinking somebody somebody's saying in the chat. Oh, Sean is saying in the chat. 12-gauge shotgun, best home defense weapon, and, and these kinds of things. And that's true. But but one of the but that's living in a time that we're in now. And what you're trying to do is get people to think beyond because now you're probably going to have one or two people who might try to break in your house. You get in a situation like this, you might have uh I I've seen it happen just in some of the city writings. You get gangs of people. And so you're having to take out multiple attackers, if you will, uh, instead of just dealing with one or two persons, you might be dealing with a crowd of people uh, who are, you know, like a bunch of, um, what, what's, they're like a bunch of hyenas that, that come together uh, to, to attack. And so you may have to deal with those. And so it's going to be more than beyond just, hey, I got to do this. And I think the the thing of family, boy, that one's just really hitting me now, uh, even though I thought about it. You need, you really need a lot of people. This is why we encourage having children. Some people say, oh, I don't want to bring children to the world. Bring them in and teach them, you know, grow, grow them in the kingdom uh, to, to be useful in these kinds of things. This is why it's so important. And uh, I think we're doing it to ourselves by limiting uh, the Holy One of Israel by doing that because he says they're a heritage, they're a reward from him in that. And they're like arrow, you know, arrows from a quiver. They're to be shot out into the world, to be used. Uh, for the glory of God. And I, and I think that that's, you know, the best, the best, the best saying that I I have is that um, blood makes you related. Loyalty makes you family. And the thing is that having family and stuff, you know, that's the other thing is building community is you can be Rambo. It doesn't matter if you're Rambo, if there's, 50 or a hundred attackers and you don't know how to handle your rifle. You didn't sight it in. You don't have extra mags. You don't have a way to carry extra mags. You don't have, um, you know, you don't have a fighting loadout. You don't, Hey, I got a question after you're running and gunning for, let's say you're in a five hour long firefight. Where's your water coming from? Yep. Cause you're going to have when to have you, it. Yeah. See, it's all a system. And the, the thing is, is we're also talking about you're going to have, I, I think that you're going to see more and more tight-knit communities form as things get worse, especially in rural areas. And 
a lot of guys are used to this QRF, uh, quick reactionary. Um, they're used to QRFs um, being able to be, you know, you get on the radio, you go, I need a QRF inbound, and you've got air support, and you've got guys coming. And that's just not realistic um, for the end of the world as we know it, um, because we only know what we know. And I, I don't think that that's realistic. I think that you're going to see neighbors and family members coming together and helping one another out. And I think that part of that is also realizing that, you know, having interchangeability of systems, you see, this is another thing for systems is being able to, you know, have common commonality of magazines, ammunition, that kind of stuff is a big deal. And I don't think very many people have thought long and hard about that. Um, and I think that as we, as we talk about this, I think people are going to realize that they have a lot of people around them that they may not agree with on everything. And you don't have to agree on everything. Tim and I don't agree on everything. We don't have to. That's right. Because respect one another's views enough to be like, hey, you know what, brother? I love you. I just don't agree with you on that. And that's okay. This, this whole having to be, you, you don't, we don't have to be disagreeable. We can disagree, but we don't have to be disagreeable. And I think that is a issue that we see nowadays is that people want to, that they have to be right about things. And it's not about, you don't, you don't have to be right because God's right. Okay. His, his way is easy. His yoke is light or his burdens light. His yoke is easy. And I think that we, we forget that at times. And we also, the thing is, is the best way, you know, people talk about force multipliers, force multipliers are ways to make a small force be able to fight like a much larger force. You know, um, people talk about night vision devices, uh, you know, helicopters, basically having air assets, that kind of thing as being force multipliers. Um, Yeah. Having force multipliers is great, but you know, the best way to actually increase your capability the best way to multiply your forces is to physically multiply your forces. So Amen. what a concept, right? So by imagine, you know, if you have a, a group of, and not everyone needs to be a, a super secret squirrel ninja. Okay. But just being able to master the basics, if you can master basic marksmanship, if you can master basic things and do stress inoculation and all these different things, you can do those at a level that will make someone proficient enough to be able to provide support to you. You don't need, not everyone needs to be great at every thing. They just need to be well-rounded. And I think that that's a time that, that used to be, it used to be in America that American men were very well-rounded, you know, uh, a lot of hunting, trapping, uh, fishing, you know, all that kind of stuff. That was common, right? Growing your own food, doing all this stuff was common. We were very uh, well-rounded in, in, you know, and that, that was not just Americans. That was all around the world because when you live off the land, you have to be well-rounded, right? You've got to be able to make the best of your resources. And 
back to training and practice. You know, the best way to um, to get more practice in and more training is to actually go out and do the things. It doesn't matter if you if you screw up, you learn something. Okay, take it as a learning opportunity. There are people who pay a lot of money to learn. You know to learn from their mistakes. And trust me, you'd rather learn lessons now when it's easy than learn them when it's hard. Amen. That's exactly right. So the mind is a weapon. Everything else is supplemental. Everything. See, it's one mind, any weapon, period. That's all there is to it. And it's not, you see, we, we think of um, everything is just tools. You know, everything from a garden hoe to a gun, to a, uh, you know, to a knife, everything. They're just tools. It all comes down to what's up here. And I think that that's something else that, that we have not, that we as Americans have, have forgotten, you know, because we're so used to the, the television age, you know, doing the thumb curls. And it's just not a rewarding lifestyle. I think that, and I think that a lot of Americans, I mean, look at uh, the pandemic, right? Pandemic hits, the pandemic hits. And after it, it hits, a huge number of people got into gardening. Well, there's a huge advantage to that. A whole bunch of people learned that there was a great hobby that they didn't have to watch television to do. Yep. And, and, and rewarding, as you said before. And if I might add, you know, um, you and I have talked about uh, my friend Ryan, who developed the Joshua MK5 and, and was with Amendment Arms, but he was also on Doom, Doomsday Preppers. And I think he was the only guy, besides you, in the prepping world. Now, there may be others who said it, but you and him are the only ones I've ever heard talk about in preparedness community. And I believe in that particular episode, and people could look it up, uh, his name is Ryan Croft, and it was in Doomsday Preppers, but Ryan had this idea of getting all the people in his community doing certain things. So, uh, and I know this is probably going to gross some people out, but look, when you're, if you're fighting for food and stuff, you're going you're gonna to need certain things, and, and I'm going to ask you about this in just a minute, David, but one of the things that he had, one of the guys had a, a lot of earthworms that they were growing. For protein and for fishing and for everything else, you know, that they were going to develop. Another guy was doing spirulingua. Another guy was doing uh, certain types of vegetables and stuff that he was doing. And then they're all obviously growing some things. But it was this idea of the community. It comes back to the community. And each was being faithful in those things. They would go and they would check on each other. We're going to be talking about communications because that was something that needs to be addressed, too, uh, in this age where, you know, they can track – these things, in a situation like that, these things right here are probably going to need to be broken and thrown away uh, due to the tracking and the way that, that they can infiltrate that. And going back to things like ham radios and two-way radios and stuff like this, and maybe some other things. Maybe some people got some stuff with carrier pigeons. I've seen some people do that, too. Um, so there's there's going to be a development of our minds that we're going to have to do, and we might as well start now doing it rather than waiting till we're in the midst of you know the whirlwind, so to speak. And I think that that's, I, I, I'm here to have a discussion, you know, that when we freely exchange ideas and mindset and things like that, then 
it all it helps everybody grow. It's not this is not about me. It's not about you. It's never been about you or me. It's about helping people because we see the times that are ahead, you know. And I I don't want to see people starve and stuff. And I'd like to if enough people um, took heed. And you know, there's a huge amount of land here in America that is farmable. There's a huge amount of land just sitting there, not being used. Um, and I think that for the times that are ahead, there's a lot that could be done to feed a lot of people and to help a lot of people. Um, because an army marches forward on its stomach. Ask Napoleon's forces about that. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal. The food is a big deal. And I, I, I think there's been silver. You and I have talked about this. There's been silver linings in the whole COVID-1984 stuff. And that is... Some people actually took their kids out of school and started teaching them themselves. Uh, like you said, some people learned gardening. Uh, some people picked up other hobbies. They didn't just sit there and complain about it. They made the best of what they were doing. And then, of course, there's, you know, many of those people were just uh, resisting the tyranny that was coming. They wouldn't put their mask on. So they're, they weren't, you know, breathing in their own waste and doing all these things that were bad for their body in the first place. And so they're still healthy. Uh, they obviously weren't taking the shots because they had enough sense to go, wait a minute, they're experimenting with this stuff. We don't even know what's in this stuff. We're not putting that in our bodies. So I think there's I think there's been a tremendous silver lining in the midst of God's judgment. And I do believe that the convids is, is part of God's judgment uh, because the people won't listen. And I'm telling you right now, and I told two guys yesterday, I, I said, they're going to ramp this back up. Just wait. Just give it a couple of months. They're pulling the Ukraine thing to get you away from forgetting who's doing all these things to you, and they're going to put it again. And I think part of that needs to be, I see it with some of the people of God, it's building up their mindset to say, no, we're not We're not submitting to that. That's a good mindset, but as Jesus said, you've got to count the cost of that mindset because it may end you like Pastor Ertur over here in Canada. It may end you in jail for two months or something. So we've got to we've got to be willing to count the cost of what we're taking stands for, even of the things we're learning. Some of the stuff you're sharing here and are going to share in the in the week ahead, you know, could raise the eyebrows of certain people who have labeled us domestic terrorists because we want to be self sufficient. We want to adhere to the law. We want um, justice and peace and righteousness within the gates and all these kinds of things. And they'll they'll begin to target that. You've got to count the cost of what you're saying and what you're doing. Yeah, and I, I think that that's something that a lot of people have uh, failed to count the cost is, you know, the founding fathers, they counted the cost. Um, you know, this, this, this nation was founded by men, by, I, this nation was founded by men, not boys, and they counted the cost. And actually, there's a wonderful quote, although I may not agree with Thomas Paine's uh, morals, his writings are beautiful. Eat the meat, spit out the bones, right? And I think that, um, you know, December 23rd, 1776, um, this is uh, the crisis. You know, there's the first paragraph is amazing. As... I just, I I have to share this with some people to put some things in context. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands it now 
deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict and the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. Tis dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be so strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Britain, with an army to enforce her tyranny, has declared she has a right not only to tax, but to bind us in all cases whatsoever. And if being bound in that manner is not slavery, then there is not a thing as slavery upon the earth. Even the expression is imperious, for so unlimited a power can only belong to God. Amen. And I think that, and speaking of 1984. Yeah, it was meant to, it was meant to be a novel, right? Not a manual. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know what's funny is every book that I was told I could not read in school, I went and read because education is being able to look at different ideas and then make up your own mind. Um, indoctrination is being told that, oh, well, that's we're not letting you read that for your own safety. <laughs> Just trust us. We're from the government. We're here to help. Yeah, and that's that's been some concern that I've seen with people. They've said, well, there's been a rise in people reading Mein Kampf, right, by Hitler. I'm like, what's the concern? That, that shouldn't people be able to see what the mindset was? I mean, Thomas Jefferson, when he was dealing with the, the Barbary pirates, what did he do? He says, well, I want to learn about my enemy. So what did he do? He grabbed a Quran, right? And he learned how the enemy thought and what they would do. And that's how he defeated them was to know his enemy. And I think many times, um, you know, the quote-unquote conservative branch wants to be just as as tactful in that in saying, well, we don't want this here, we don't want this. And I'm not talking about teaching things that are criminal to children. We, we, we dealt with that, we've dealt with that plenty of times. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. What I'm saying is, a lot of times we would be wise to understand how the enemy is thinking against us, what they're planning against us. So when I play uh, this Klaus Schwab's little minion, uh, what's his name, Harari, when I play him saying outright what he's saying, I mean, I've just never heard anybody who was so brazen and so had seared their content so much to where they were just telling you, yeah, we want to, basically we want to get rid of people because <laughs> they're useless and we're going to, we're going to have a world to ourselves, and we don't need God and Jesus rising from the dead is fake news. I mean, this is a guy who's actually saying this stuff. Um, and, and, and we're going to live with, with our intelligent design. We're more intelligent than the, the God, you know, the, the sky genie and all this stuff of the way they mock him and uh, what they don't do what they don't understand is they're piling up heaps of coal of judgment upon themselves by doing those things but at the same time we can use that to demonstrate this is the mindset of our enemies and they are our enemies now should we pray for them yeah because god can turn their heart just like he turns ours right absolutely but we don't be, need to be as the bible says ignorant of satan's devices and you know satan's got his own minions they they disguise themselves as angels of light they they present themselves as though they're bringing you the truth when they're really bringing you death and destruction amen amen yep. and you know i and i i'd like to be able to share this with people is that 
you know, the best thing you can do if you care about someone is you can, by you being a good example, you can bring people to your way of thinking just by being a good example. Because people are going to be like, hey, that guy is set apart. And then you need to also realize that you're going to have enemies and judge yourself by the quality of the enemies you amass. Oh, that's a good quote. That's a good quote. I'm going to get that and put David Pruitt on it. I, uh, I, I don't, I think it's an original quote, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll attribute it to you one way or the other, but, um, you know, and think about it, you know, that if you, that's how, you know, that's how David judged himself. That's how Christ judged himself. That's how all these individuals judge themselves is by the quality of the enemies they amass. You know, when the devil takes you and offers you everything, <laughs> you know, just like in the Garden of Eden, offering, you know, you ye can be as gods. You know, he comes offering you everything you want. You know, that's why the, the rock and roll lifestyle is so, um, uh, to some people, is, is so, you know, the, the whole sold my soul to the devil thing is because uh, I've met a few uh, musicians who have told me about some interesting things about that. We can get into that another time, another topic. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that we need to, we need to be strong in our, like I said, the first thing is our spiritual health. We've got to get squared away in that. We've got to get squared away in all these things. But if you don't know who you are and what you serve, then how do you define yourself? You see, we define ourselves on our spirituality because we are spiritual creatures. I mean, we're carnal yeah. creatures, virtual, but, um, well, we're both. Yeah, we are both, indeed. Yep, yep. Uh, David, let me let me do this. Um, let's get ready to wrap up this episode here. Uh, is there final thoughts you want to give? And then when you finish with your final thoughts, go ahead and, and talk about the website where people can find out. And talk a little bit about the products that you, that you guys uh, share, because one of the things I was fascinated with, David is like fourth generation, and your sons are going to be fifth generation. Is that correct? Did I understand that correctly? Okay, yeah. um, so you guys have been doing tree resins, and tree resins are a pretty rare kind of product, um, and you guys have uh, a lot of that there in Missouri, and your family's had that land for decades, and you know, so you guys have been doing it for a long time, and I, I realized one of the things that you were, you guys were doing tree resins was they were they were very popular in healing wounds and things of that nature, but you've got them for all kinds of stuff, eczema and uh, rashes and a ton of stuff. And then you've got other things that you offer as well. You've just come into the full uh, humic acid. Um, you guys are working on a premium coffee that you, that's another one of your goals. I'm, I'm sure it's on the whiteboard somewhere that you're wanting to produce too. And uh, you guys just have a lot of things coming on the pike and just a, a small family business there that you're putting all these things together. 
and I hope that's encouraging to people because you're a young man. You and your father and your family, your wife and all are involved in all of this, and you're doing all of these things, and yet you're coming on the show early in the morning to help people understand about preparedness and getting a right mindset and the training and things of this nature. So I want to give you the, the final word here. If you've got some closing remarks you want to give and then point people to your website, and maybe you want to point out a couple of products and, and tell them about them as to how they're beneficial to them. Okay. Um, oh, I just dropped one. Um, forgive me for that. But um, so we've been doing this five generations. My son, my oldest, uh, he helps put stickers on stuff and helps label up stuff and all that. You know, we're, we've been doing this for five generations. My great grandfather uh, started his ministry um, way back in the day. Um, and I can bring, I'll bring a few of the other things on to show a couple of his uh, inventions and things like that. I think people would enjoy seeing those. Um, one of his inventions was a product called PAV. And uh, he started, what he started was he, well, before the PAV, it was just the pure resins. And what he started with was ancient pocket resins. So first off, we have to realize that tree resins um, historically have been very valuable. Um, Liquid resins from um, the heart of the tree, pockets within the heart of the tree, are have always been very, very valuable. So those pure resins, um, when they're unfiltered, unmolested, unheated, all that, um, that's very, very rare. I, I don't know of anyone else who does it the way that we do it. Um, we're the ones who brought the cataloging system and the grading system um, for ancient pocket resins. My great-grandfather and my father worked together on that to, to really bring those together and, and be able to have it be a ministry to many. Because two out of three of the gifts brought by the wise men were frankincense and myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh are both tree resins. A lot of people don't know that. Um, you know, frankincense and myrrh historically were very, very valuable because um, of their many wide uses. Um, you know, to this day, there's a ton of people who use frankincense and myrrh for natural healing. Um, now, our ancient pocket resins um, are going to be in a liquid form. So what happens is the volatile oils, the terpenes, have not vented off. They're in a liquid form that has, it's in its purest, most unadulterated stage. And they've been used historically by like Lewis and Clark used them on their expedition. Um, A lot of natural healers have used them throughout the years. We have a ton of chiropractors, medical doctors, surgeons, all kinds of people who've used the products Um, for everything from cuts, scrapes, wounds. Um, We had um, Tim and I have a mutual friend. I can honestly say that about her. Um, who's a wonderful, wonderful woman who used the super cocoa resin on uh, her grandson who had um, ear infections. Um, within a couple of weeks, got rid of ear infections, could not get rid of in a few years of antibiotics. Um, they were going to put tubes in his ears. So uh, we've been doing this for quite a while. Um, We've got some wonderful products. My favorite is probably the Super Cocoa Resin. Um, This is the four ounce. Um, I actually carry it in a little roller. I've got one in my pocket. 
the um, the cocoa resin, I just use it for bug bites, you know, mosquito bites, cuts, scrapes. Um, we have people use it for acne, like pimples, um, psoriasis, um, eczema, all kinds of different things. Um, the pure resins can be used for a ton of different things. The pure resins actually don't really have an expiration on them um, because they are so pure and they're unadulterated. They have nothing added to them. Uh, they last pretty much indefinitely. And we have a lot of people in the preparedness community. Um, we have some people who get it in bulk um, and they, they get it in bulk just to be able to store it um, for possible long-term use um, for medical. We can, we'll go over that in some of the medical supplies and training. We, we can go over that some too. Um, but that's what we do. We're, we're really into supplementation. Um, what, what we're trying to work more into is doing kits so people can make their own supplements for pennies on the dollar, like the fulvic and the humic. Um, like that little bottle, um, Tim, that little bottle that you mixed all the fulvic and stuff in, that little bottle, when it's mixed like that, yeah, when it's mixed like that, there's a company who's charging $82 a bottle for that. That's a crazy. And and you guys are selling you guys are selling the um the the mixture the the 1 pound bags for like 150 bucks and by the way, you can save what is it 10% if they use Sons of Liberty in the promo code. You can save 10% off of that. And I've looked it up. It was like uh on Amazon um the the bottle of stuff it was like 1.6 ounces or something it was like $89 or something. I was like, gosh. And you can take this and I'm telling you, the bags that I've got of this stuff they're like, yeah, they're bigger than I can get my hands on uh, for do that. And you're only using small amounts in this with with water, and uh, you can add this to your to your, to your drinks. I've got the um, Super Cocoa too, as well as some of the Pav. I want to show people, um, and I don't think people will mind because this is a um, this is on your site in the testimonials uh, here, and this is our friend. I'm going to Lori Anderson. She used to write for, um, she used to contribute over at Freedom Outpost, and I don't think she would well. She may have been uh, when we started SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, but she cut her finger on uh, not a yeah a rip saw, didn't she? Uh, the tip of her finger. Look at this, guys, and she used what your super pav here, right? So she had a bunch of of, of pictures of what she had did to the tip of her finger because she was doing some um, uh, construction there in her home, and she clipped the end of this thing off. And she started using the your products, the tree resin, and it's pretty incredible the amount of healing that took place in her hand. You can't even you can, I mean, unless you were looking for it. Look at that. You can't even you wouldn't even know right here. You can barely tell it, but you wouldn't even know it looking at her finger uh, with what you did. And she had took the whole end right off of her finger. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We've, and you see, we only, we will not publish testimonials from people without their permission. So there's a ton of really cool testimonials I would love to share with people, but out of respect for individuals, you know, we're, we're not going to share people's testimonials without their permission. I don't think that's right. Sure. Sure. Well, I was just pulling the ones off the website here and there are others people can see by clicking that. Yeah, and they they would. Uh, there's some really interesting ones on there that I wish I could give more more details on, 
but yeah, there's some wonderful, uh, wonderful testimonials on there. It's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. David, thank you so much for spending your time. I look forward to tomorrow and what we're going to get into tomorrow. And uh, hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, be sure to check out Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, we'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing, at 6 a.m. Talk to you then. See you.